Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. It has been a happy new year for about four of you. That's good. <laughs> nice and early. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 16 today. Actually, the whole chapter is just verses 1 through 11. Uh, hopefully, you've had a really good new year. If you are a guest, thank you. You could have been any place else on the planet, but you chose to be with us today. Uh, for your first Sunday of the year, and we are honored that you would choose to do so. So please make yourself at home, receive everything that God has for you today. Uh, I promise you he does have something in store for you if you'll open your heart to all of our church family. Thank you. You could have been anyplace else as well, but we chose to be together uh, as a family and as friends and as the body of Christ right here. The first Sunday of the year, first Sunday of the year, you're starting it out right praising them together with neighbors and friends and family, and uh, there's, there's not really any, any place else I think I'd rather be than right in his midst and right in the presence of his people, uh, his body. And so with that, once more, I do say Happy New Year because it is a Happy New Year. Uh, it's a year that he's created. Only he knows what's up for this year. Uh, there's probably going to be great victories, great milestones. There's probably going to be great challenges, uh, but if he's allowed it to come through your life, that means that he knows that you have what it takes to, to move through it, and, uh, and it's all things work together for good, the Bible says. Uh, everything that will take place this year, good and challenging. Notice I'm not saying good and bad, because I don't, I, 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 I'm trying not to subscribe to badness in life. It's just challenge, challenges. Uh, so good and challenging, it's all meant to make you better and to fulfill his purpose and his plan in you. So, uh, and you never know what can happen in life. Some of, some of the, your most dire situations in the hands of God, just like that, can turn. I actually fished on water the last few days on on Friday, uh, I was waiting on Jesus to wake up and calm the calm the storm. You know, the the boat was going crazy. There was wind. It was raining on us, and we were not having really good fortune finding fish. In less than 24 hours, that same water, the same spots on uh, uh, Cedar Creek Lake, was as smooth as glass. Sun was shining. Looked like a totally different terrain. In less than 24 hours, and the Lord let me know that waves don't last forever. Storms don't last forever. There's never been a storm that's hit this planet that has lasted forever. It comes and makes a lot of ruckus, and then it moves on. And that's how the storms of life are. Sometimes it makes a lot of ruckus. Sometimes it looks like it's causing a lot of damage. But I'm telling you, the sun's going to shine. The sun always shines again. Amen. All right, let's get into this reading. Psalm chapter 16 says, preserve me, O God. Let's just read for a while. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Pat yourself on the back and say, I'm excellent. 
Seriously, go ahead and do it. I'm telling you. Somebody needs to speak something good over you this year, right? <laughs> you are an excellent one, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied who has hastened after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in a pleasant place, in pleasant places. Isn't that awesome? That, that the way that God allows the lines of your life, your, your, your spiritual property, per se, is good stuff. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. That's the place of the dead. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. That's actually really cool. That's a, that's a prophecy about Christ, by the way. Uh, you will show me the path of life. How many would like to see the path of life this year? What am I supposed to do in life? Where am I supposed to go? What's my next step? In your presence, I want you to get this. This is really the key verse. In your presence, everyone say presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is light. We pray that your word is manifest, become flesh in us, Christ in us, because Christ sets us free. Christ illuminates us. He awakens us. He saves us. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that you take the word of God and let it become life, light, and salvation for us today moving forward. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In praying about the direction of gathering church for this, this coming year and the direction of us corporately as a family, I really felt that the Lord the last several weeks has really just uh, put it in my heart to, to say this. He wants more than ever for us to press in and experience his presence. First and foremost and above all things uh, to experience his presence. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. So today we're going to talk about presence, joy's fullness. And his presence is fullness of joy. If I can get in his presence, if I can just be in his presence, I can experience not just a little bit of joy, not just a lot of bit of joy, but I can experience fullness of joy. Everything that fullness brings or joy brings, the fullness and capacity of joy, I can experience in his presence. No matter what you face in life, whether it's challenges or great victories, if you are in his presence, uh, it has no bearing on joy because joy is directly connected to his presence. And that's what he's saying. I want you guys as a church to seek my presence, to be in my presence. So we're going to talk about what that means today. It means a lot of things. We can go a lot of different directions. It's not something that we could just easily cover here in the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, but if anything, I want to at least be able to challenge you and direct you 
and maybe give you, point the way for you to discover what it means to be in his presence for you uh, and, and to see what happens uh, with his presence for you, okay? So I want to turn your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. It says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. We're going to start there. How is it that we can seek the presence of God today? What do we need to do to seek the presence of God? Two things, to seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, in, to the ancient Hebrews, your heart actually was the cradle or the birthplace of emotions and desires. Any drive that you have, any goal, any vision, any passion that you have, they would say came from the heart. Now, they're not just talking about just the, you know, your, the muscle that's pumping blood, but, but this, the, metaphorically speaking, that was the core of, of all of your desires, all of your passions, all of your drives. It came from the heart, right? And then, then it goes on to, uh, so, so in other words, uh, if, if we're going to seek God with all of our heart, that means with every ounce of passion that we have, every drive, every sense of motivation, what is it that you're motivated to do in life, okay? It needs to equal, uh, your, your drive to get into the presence of God needs to equal whatever it is that you're most motivated to do in life. What is your passion in life? Let your passion to get into the presence of God, to, to acknowledge the presence of God, equal whatever it is that you're most passionate about in life. What goals do you have in life? Let one of your top goals, if not the top goal this year, is to be into the presence of God. Soul. So it says that to, to seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. In Hebrew, uh, there, there's two words that we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to talk about for soul. Hebrew, it's nefesh. It means life. Your very essence. Now, not life in the, in the way that you're, you're pumping blood and you're technically alive. But... but you know, some of us have had loved ones that have been on life support for maybe an extended time. And you, and you go and look, and yeah, technically their heart's pumping. There's some vital signs there, but there really is no life, right? So what we're talking about ultimately when it comes to life is your consciousness. The fact that you, you're here, you're cognizant. Uh, with, with all of your consciousness, with all of your, you know, we, we, we say, I I think, therefore I am. No, actually, and the reality is you're, you're aware that you're thinking, therefore you am, <laughs> right? Excuse the English. So you're, you're not your thoughts. You're really the one who sees your thoughts. You can acknowledge a thought. Have you ever had a series of thoughts and you, all of a sudden you stop yourself and go, why, why am I thinking about that? And then you change your thoughts. Well, that's who you really are. That's the eternal part of you. That's the part that came directly from God. And so what he's saying is to, to seek God with every motivation, every passion, every desire that you have, the very core and cradle of where that comes from, but also seek him with your very consciousness. The, the Greek word for that, for soul, in, in Hebrew it's nefesh, in Greek it's suke. We talked about this uh, early last year. Suke, it's where we get the term psychology, psych, psyche, psychotic. That 
pertaining to the mind. Here we go again. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll know that perfect will of God. Why? Because there's something about your consciousness and your mind, that's where God begins. God typically doesn't talk to us in an audible voice, although there have been times that folks have heard an audible voice. But typically when God begins to speak to you, where is it really taking place at? He jumps in in the middle of your thoughts, doesn't he? He interrupts this whole thought process. He interrupts your thought patterns. In other words, it's the mind. The Japanese actually have a term for mind, and it's, it's kumkuru. It actually means to return to the realm of God because that's where they felt that they communicated with God. It was in their mind. So seek his presence. What this verse is saying is seek his presence from the very controlling core of your drives, your desires, your emotions, and with all of your mind. So, so in other words, you're going to begin to, as the Bible says, bring every thought into captivity that doesn't bow its knee to, to the Lord. So now we know how to seek him. Seek him with all of your passion, all of your desire. Seek him with every thought that you have. So where? Where is it that we th- seek him? Romans 4, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. In other words, he had just got through talking about a whole series of laws. So we can, we can actually paraphrase that by saying, for the kingdom of God is not a set of rules that you have to follow. And with Christianity, a lot of times, how many of y'all grew up in churches and it was like, oh, I gave my heart to the Lord. So now I can't do this. I got to do this. Can't do that. Got to do this. Can't do that. Got to do this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There's, now there's a set of rules I got to follow because I'm a Christian. You know, and, and your walk with God becomes more of a legalistic set of rules. No, Paul's saying, no, the kingdom of God is not the set of rules, but the kingdom of God is righteousness. The word righteousness means rightedness. You, you were crooked, now you're righted. You were wrong, now you're righted. You were bent, now you're straight. You know, the Lord has righted you. He's given you a fresh mind. So, so the kingdom of God isn't a set of rules, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy. Where did we say that joy could be found? In his presence. Now we're getting to his presence. So all of this can be found where? In the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of heaven is contained in the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit at for the believer? In us. In us. So if the Holy Spirit is in us and the Holy Spirit contains the kingdom of heaven or the presence of God, then the presence of God exists where? In us. Woo! Man, that means that we don't have to, oh, I got to go to this conference. Why? Because I got to get into the presence of God. Oh, I got to go to this worship fest. Why? Because I got to get into the presence of God. Oh, I need to go to that church. Why? Because I need to get in the presence of God. No, you walk around with the presence of God in you. If you are a believer, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the presence of God in you. And all he's saying is seek, begin to seek it with every ounce of passion you've got. Every realm of consciousness you can conceive. Seek it. Seek it. Well, where is it? Where did I go to look? You don't have to look any further than you. John the Baptist, that was one of his revolutionary sermons. He said, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's not some faraway place. It's not the great cosmic city floating out there somewhere in the sweet by and by. I believe that we have an eternal abode. I believe that we're going to see our loved ones. I believe I have loved ones waiting there. Matter of fact, here in just a few weeks, uh, Austin Cole. Austin, wave your hand for everyone. Everyone say hi, Austin. Uh, Austin died last year, by the way. Looks pretty good for a dead man, doesn't he? 
Uh, Austin died, uh, had an incredible vision of heaven. He was there, saw Christ, saw his grandmother, his great-grandmother, knew exactly who they were, had, had intimate conversations with them, uh, uh, saw his, his uh, simultaneously while he's having that experience, he was seeing what his mom and doctor were talking about out in the hallway. He saw his mom pleading with God out in the parking lot. He saw all this stuff simultaneously. Uh, why am I telling you that? Well, he's going to share his testimony here in a few weeks. And so, yeah, he did see a heavenly realm, but it's not even that. The kingdom of heaven isn't just something waiting for us in the sweet by and by. The kingdom of heaven is contained right within you. You are a walking ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Wherever you go, you take it with you. I got to get somewhere where I can get into God's presence. No, you've got God's presence in you. You've just got to learn to release it. You've got to learn to let it out no matter where you are. You've got to learn to calm yourself and calm your thoughts enough to detect it. It's always there. It's always present. It never leaves. The very fact that you have life teeming in your body is the very essence of God, the very presence of God. Somebody look happy about it for me. <laughs> Some of you have been baptized in pickle juice already this year. Everyone lift your hand up for a second. This may sound hokey, but I'm, I, I just want to let you see how simple this is. Lift your hand up. Can you still feel your hand? Close your eyes, still feel your hand. Can you feel that? Can you feel your hand? That's energy. Do you, re do you realize that's life, that that right there is a simple form of the presence of God? You can put your hand down. You don't have to keep it up all the time. You look like a bunch of school kids. I'm giving a press conference. You, you, you're fake news. You're fake news. No, I'm teasing. I'm, jokes. That's jokes. Everyone relax. So the kingdom of God and presence of God is found in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is found within us. We seek God's presence where? In us. In other words, you don't have to find some external place, external thing, external preacher, external book, external. Look, you've got the word of God living inside of you. Christ himself is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. So Christ himself is alive and well. His spirit, his Holy Spirit is alive and well in you. You've got the presence of God in you. I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. We need to make it a very common practice to read our Bible. We need to study our Bible. You need to get plugged into Bible studies. Matter of fact, tonight we've got a Bible study starting over at Paul's house. He's got a Havarim taking place. If you want more information about it, go see him after service. He'd love to plug you in. Why? Because the more you read the Word of God, the more you realize who's alive and well in you and whose presence is in you. So how is it that we go inside? How, do, how is it that we find there's a lot of different ways to become aware of the presence of God in our life. Uh, you can do it through worship. You can do it through uh, talking and sharing. Have you ever just began to like give a testimony, like just start talking about how good God's been in your life and you start getting excited, telling people about it and all of a sudden you just start being aware of his presence and it lifts you up and it's joyful. That's one way of doing it. Or sometimes we come together uh, in, a, in a church environment and we lift up the presence, the, the name of God and we start becoming aware of his presence. Well, it's not that his presence enters the room. It actually begins to access itself via us. You're the gateway for it, okay? But what do you do on a daily basis? I'm just going to share from my own experience. I'm going to share from my own experience of what I do. 
There's something about stillness that speaks. Psalms chapter four, verse four. Meditate within your heart. Remember, meditate within your most, the core, the cradle of your desires, your passions, your motivations, your, your drives. Meditate within your heart. That word meditate doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to get into the lotus position and align your chakras and all that kind of business and stuff. I mean, if you want to give that a try, I guess knock yourself out. Uh, meditate ultimately just means to think. To calm yourself and to think. Within your heart, on your bed, in other words, a place of rest, and be still. Selah. Anyone know what the word selah means? It means rest. It means think about it. When you see in the Psalms, David or whoever was right, you know, various people contributed to the Psalms, but sometimes that word will come up, selah. It's a, it's, it's a pondering pause. It just means stop and think about it. So he's saying, hey, meditate within your heart at a place of rest. In other words, calm yourself down. And just be still. Why? Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. There's something about stillness that speaks because we let our brains go crazy. Anyone ever struggle with crazy thoughts? Thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of irritation. And the more your thoughts go, the more they compound. And it's like a snowball effect. And all before long, you've had an argument with someone you've never even spoken to in two weeks. But you've had five arguments with them today. Or you told your boss off 20 times. And it's not even lunch. And you haven't even seen them. You know, in other words, our thoughts can be crazy. But that's the wonderful thing. We are not our thoughts. We're the ones who observe our thoughts. Thoughts are just compartmentalized thoughts. You can change your thoughts. If you can change your thoughts, you can change your mind. But if you can just be still, be still and learn to not think. Why? Because there's great, bless you, there's, there's great power between the thoughts. Why? Because that's where the presence of God is, between the thoughts. When he speaks to you, it happens between the thoughts. If you can learn to just not think. But I can't, I can't, you know, your brain, your brain is this active thing. That's what it does is it thinks. But there's a space in between the thoughts, isn't there? And if you concentrate on it enough, if you focus and pray enough, that space can become longer. And there's something beautiful that takes place. I don't know how to put it into words, but that's where I found the presence of God, is in between the thoughts. You know, we, we got up here and we sang some wonderful music and played some beautiful music and sang some beautiful songs. And you guys were singing along with us. Do you realize that the notes aren't what makes the songs beautiful? Uh, if, if we could go back in, in time to the Sellers Middle School Band Hall and talk to Hugo Martinez, who was my band director, who was a brilliant mu musician, played more instruments than, than you know, I could probably even name, he would explain to you, and he explained to me at a really, really early age, that one of the most powerful things about Music is the pauses, is the space in between the notes. If you didn't take a space between the notes, it would just be one long run-on sound. 
right? The pauses and how short they are and how long they are actually give life and energy to the song and portray whatever it is that you're trying to communicate, right? Everyone following me? In other words, even with a crunch guitar, if you want to have energy, what do you do? You, you, you shorten the space and just crunch it. Those of you who grew up in my era, yeah, you ever hear that kind of guitar, right? What's the first thing you do? You just start headbanging, right? See, there is a pause. And then you'll throw in a couple extra notes. Right? One note. And if you didn't have a pause, it would just... Right? That's not going to rock. But you, but the, it's the pause. It's the silence. Right? Man, you start hearing that. It's just instant breaking the law, breaking the law. Right? You know, just really getting into it. Right? <laughs> or all these lines, you know, uh, y'all know, y'all know y'all are a sucker for all this stuff. Uh, especially Peter Cetera going all falsetto. You know, our love was meant to be. Kind of love to last forever. And I want you. What is that doing? This creating longing and anticipation. It's the rest in between the songs, right? In between the, there's something incredible that takes place in the silence and the rest. When the prophet heard the, the, the voice of God, it didn't happen in the whirlwind. It didn't happen in the fire. It didn't happen in the storm. It didn't happen in the tornado. It was a still, small voice. It was a whisper. He had to get quiet. He had to get still. If you want to get into the presence of God this year, make some time to get quiet and just still yourself. Why? Because that's when you start encountering him. And I can't explain it. You're just going to have to do it for yourself. But that's where you start encountering the presence of God. And it takes you to a place of not just believing in him, but it takes you to a place of knowing him. Be still and believe that I am God. No, be still and know that I am God. When you know something... There's no room for debate. You don't worry about debating. You don't worry about defending it, you know? You only have to debate and defend the things that you simply believe in. Why? Because if you simply believe in something, there's always room for doubt to creep in. That's why everybody debates politicians and politics. Why? Because we gotta keep, we gotta keep debating and fighting and arguing over it because otherwise someone may disprove us and so we just gotta keep debating and debating. Have you ever heard anyone get into a debate as to whether or not the sun's gonna come out? Or have you heard anyone get into a debate whether or not Christmas was, December 25th was gonna take place? Whether or not you celebrate it or not, it's still gonna be December 25th. No, why? Because you just know, even if it's cloudy, you know that the sun's up there. Why? You just know. So nobody fights over that. If someone's fighting and debating over something, it's just because they only simply believe in it. They don't know it. But man, if you can move from a place of just simply believing in Christ to knowing him, 
Bible says, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Why? Because then you never have to debate your faith. You never have to defend your faith. It's something that only you encounter. It's something that only you experience. Sometimes you can't even put it into words, but it's your personal encounter and experience with God that no one and nothing will ever shake. And it happens when you get into his presence. And the easiest way to get into his presence is to still yourself and to make room beyond between your thoughts. What I do, you don't have to do this, but what I do every morning before, before I get into my reading, before I, before I do anything, before I get into my job, I, will, I actually set an alarm and for 20 minutes, I just sit in his presence. I don't say a word. And it's part of my prayer time. So how are you praying if you're not talking? Prayer isn't always about talking. It's called supplication, you know? Supplication is a, is a, is a food word. We like that, right? We like food words. It means that if Howard and I are eating and we're going to supplicate, that means I chat for a while and he eats and listens. And then he starts chatting and I listen and I eat. And, I, and so as he's talking, I'm receiving, I'm eating, I'm being nourished, and I'm hearing. That's the problem with our prayer life sometimes. We, we kind of give God our wish list, and then we walk away. And we never give him a chance to do the talking or for us to do the receiving. So, so I want to challenge some of you. Set your alarm, whether it's 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long it is, and just sit in his presence and just try not to think. Just meditate on his word. Meditate on your bed, as, as the scripture said, or a place of rest. Just be restful and sit and see if he doesn't speak something. Say, what if he doesn't say a word? Or what if I don't, what if I don't hear him? That's all right. Just being in his presence changes you. Changes you. I want to I point something out. If we're going to be seeking his presence. The word presence has two, in the Hebrew, there's two words, two primary words that deal with presence. One is pene, and it means face. The other one is shekinah, it means he that dwells. What the Lord is saying by, I, I want you as a group to seek my presence. What he's saying is, I want you to seek my face, because in my face, there's fullness of joy. At my right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. But don't seek my hand. Oftentimes, that's what we do. We seek the blessings of God. We seek what God can do for us. That's his hand. But he's saying, don't seek my hand this year. Seek my face. That's intimacy. I want you to look at me, what he's saying. I want you to get in my face. I want you to get close to me. Because if you can seek my face, you're going to encounter fullness of joy. You're going to get my hand. You'll get everything I have to give you. I'll withhold, the Bible says you are a son and a shield, and I'll, he's, he's not going to withhold any good thing from those that love him. But he said, seek my face. Not only that, but my presence means Shekinah. It means he that dwells. God wants to dwell with you. He wants to tabernacle with you. That's another term. He doesn't just want to be a visitor. He wants to possess every part of your life, every fiber of your life. So this Sunday, let's start there. If you get anything this Sunday, get this. Begin to seek his face. Seek intimacy with him this week. Set, a t set aside some time daily. I don't think he's worried about the amount of time. 
But if you'll just set aside some time to sit and be aware, even if in order to quiet your mind, if you got to lift your hand and feel your hand and know that his presence is there, start there and feel his presence, sense his presence. And let's see what God starts doing in our lives over the coming months. Let's all stand as the musician comes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We seek your face this year, not your hand. Lord, I know you're going to take care of us. And I know that everything we need, you've already got provision for. So that, that's not even our worry this year. We just want to know you. We want to know you like never before. We want to sense you. We want to hear from you. Father, mold us not after patterns of other churches, not after patterns of popular programs, but mold us in your image, Father collectively and individually, begin to move in our life. 